right, y'all. Um, this morning, we are going to continue in our series, Parental Guidance, Please. Parental Guidance, Please. What are we doing in this series? We are giving uh, some guidance to the parental people, right, uh, that need it very much sometimes. But, uh, but I also shared last week how really this is more than like how-to techniques, that really what we're after is some of the big picture gospel things that can inform us as parents and grandparents as, and as a church trying to come alongside these young people who really are the next generation of followers of Jesus, that we would get some of these big picture perspectives that help us shepherd their hearts uh, to life and, and to, to know and follow Jesus. And, and so that's what we're after. Last week, we kicked it off. Uh, we kicked off the series with, the, with, uh, with really recognizing the kind of pressure and stress that a lot of parents today are feeling and experiencing. The pressure to do uh, so many things and to be really excellent, awesome parents and to have really excellent, awesome kids, right? And to provide all the opportunities and how it was just, it's just something that is too much. And so we asked the question, what does the Bible actually tell parents to do, right? We feel all these pressures, but what is, what is the Bible? What does God actually tell us to do? And when we opened it up, what we discovered is that it doesn't say a whole lot to parents, right? There are really only two things that the scriptures told parents to, to do. And one was to have a wonderful, healthy, loving relationship with your kids, to aim towards that in, in the way that you could. And two was to lead your family in faith. That if you're a Christian family, you really ought to be raising up this next generation to know and follow Jesus. And we found that to be a freeing thing, that it pulls the pressure off the pressure, so many pressures that we feel. And we found it to be a focusing thing, that, that it really just tells us this is what matters most, right? And, uh, and I hope that was helpful. This week, uh, I also hope that it is helpful. Uh, this is a, uh, a different kind of Sunday because... Uh, we're trying to do something very practical. We're going to talk about the talk. We're going to talk about the talk, right? And and yes, that talk, right? That that's the one I mean. And uh, if, if if you're new here this Sunday, we don't do this every Sunday, okay? <laughs> like this is uh, this is just a little different. Um, we uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what what we do try to do is is we open up God's word, we open up the Bible, and we say, Lord, what would you have to say to us? But also, the reason we're doing this is because we also try to say, what are the things that we're dealing with in our lives that we're thinking about? And when it comes to things parents are wondering and thinking about, you know, this conversation is looming large uh, in a lot of folks' minds, and how to handle this and engage this. And so we wanted to have that conversation this morning. I pray this, I have been praying all week this would be helpful for you, and, uh, you know, and, and I think that we ought to pray before we do this, okay? All right, let me, let me go ahead and pray for us as we get ready to, to, to go. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for this chance to come before you this morning and to, to open your word, to open up the Bible and hear you speak. Lord, I, I ask that the words of my mouth, Lord, would be pleasing in your sight, that they would be from you, that they would be helpful for people, that they would lead to life and love and, and the things that you want us to hear and know, Lord Jesus. I pray that the meditations of, of our hearts, of everybody who's here, Lord, would be good, that, that our hearts would be soft enough to hear, and that Jesus, um, our minds would be tuned in to listen. 
Lord, uh, give us your grace and your mercy right now. And uh, we pray these things in your name, Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, so many of y'all know, because I've shared before, that Shannon and I spent a number of years as missionaries in Ukraine. And, uh, and we worked with college students primarily when we were there. And one of the things that we did early on when we got to Ukraine is uh, we had this Thursday night worship service, and we sat down with our leadership team uh, of students, and we said, okay, guys, we've got this service. We're going to read and open and study the Bible in this service. What, what is on your minds? What are the things you're thinking about, right? What do you want to talk about? And they mentioned a number of things, but you know something that kept coming up over and over again was sex. They wanted to talk about sex. They said, let's talk about, let's talk about sex. And I'm not going to sing that song. Um, and I remember hearing that, and my stomach uh, nodded up like, like I wanted to vomit. And I was like a two, I was two years into being a pastor, I think, at this point. And I it was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I don't know what they know. I know that they know, right? I, don't, I didn't have the reference point, right? And, and I asked, and they answered, and so it was like, I got to do this. So one Thursday night, we, uh, we had a conversation about sex. Um, and, uh, and because I knew many of them had never, like, talked about this in a safe environment, or definitely not in, in a church, that some of these traditional churches that they were part of, we had to, like, we had to make it okay to have this conversation. We had to break some ice. So I, I had them do a little exercise. I will not make you do this exercise this morning. But what I had them do is I said, okay, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to look them in the eye, and I want you to say, sex, right? <laughs> and so all these students turned to each other and looked and, like, and got bright red and said sex. And, uh, and there was commotion and laughing and they did it. But what I really remember from that night is that there was this student named Max. Um, and this is a picture of Max. He actually came up in my Facebook feed this week. Uh, that's him. That's our oldest, Jesse. And Max was like this super outgoing, gregarious, fun personality. And, uh, and next to Max was probably the youngest, shyest, most reserved girl in the entire ministry. She was there because she went, she was a high schooler that came with her older sister who was in college. And so Max turns to this little girl, right? And he looks her in the eye and goes, sex, 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 sex. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Right? This is terrible. Her mom's going to kill me. She's never coming back. She's scarred for life. It, it was not, uh, it was not optimal. And, um, and, uh, you know, I reflect on that, and even though that moment wasn't great, one thing that I don't regret is having that conversation that night at all. In fact, I am extremely glad that we had that conversation, because one of the things that I came to realize and learn later on is that uh, for most of these students, this was the first time in their lives they had ever heard a healthy, positive and certainly a biblical perspective on sex. They'd never heard it before. They never had that conversation. They certainly hadn't done it in, in, a, in, a, in a safe environment. What, what I also came to realize is that in Ukraine, a lot of these students, to a greater degree than, the, than happens here in the United States, uh, uh, learn about sex way early uh, and also uh, have 
pressures, huge pressures, to become sexually active even earlier than kids do here in the U.S. And what had not happened in so many of their lives is they didn't have some sort of loving adult have a conversation with them about this, right? Or they, they certainly didn't have anyone giving them a healthy, positive, biblical perspective on sex. And, and what many of them shared with me later was they were so thankful that we got to have that conversation. They had never heard it before. And that really leads me to the first thing I want to share what's on my heart. You know, I think the first decision we have to make is am I even going to have a conversation with, with these young people in my life, right, with these kids, right? you got to make that decision. Some of our parents didn't do it with us, you know. Maybe that wasn't a decision. It was just uh, not doing it, right? Uh, but you have to decide to do it. And if I'm honest, if I'm being honest with you all, I don't, I don't really want to have the talk with my kids. No, right? Like, I don't want to do this. In fact, uh, ever since they were born and I've thought about the talk and Shannon said, you know, we got to do that. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that right now. Right? You guys, anybody there? All, the, all my natural instincts are to go the other direction on this. In fact, what I would rather do is buy four gigantic plastic bubbles and blow them up and put my children inside of them. What I would rather do is lock the front door when I think about my daughter particularly and exercise my Second Amendment right. You know? <laughs> like, this is where I want to go with this naturally. Uh, but here's the reality that is staring us in the face, right? they are going to learn about sex whether we tell them or not, right? Somebody is going to talk to them about this. And from the digging that I've done and talking with teachers and, and really some other parents who have been there before, uh, what I'm hearing is that if you're not having this conversation before middle school, fourth or fifth grade, they're probably going to hear it from somewhere else. Uh, from, uh, and and you, you, you don't know who it's going to be, right? It could be a friend is going to talk to them about sex. It could be uh, an older sibling. That happens a lot. It could be a friend's older sibling that you don't really like, right? It could be a kid on, a, on the bus that you don't even know exists, right? It's likely in some ways to be the internet, right? And if that's the reality, right, uh, I think that what we've got to do is make sure we are one of the voices in their, in their ears. I'm going to tell you, and I, I don't, this doesn't come from the Bible. I'm just going to tell you where my conviction is about as a parent. I really think that, it, that you ought to have this conversation with your kids. I think you ought to have the talk so they can hear your positive voice and have your loving voice. Because, uh, because if you don't, they're only going to get it from elsewhere, right? And, and let me just be very specific about what, I'm, what I think you ought to do. I think you ought to have the talk about where babies come from, right? Not any of the, Let's be clear. Where babies come from, how they get there right? And if you're a, a Christian parent, I really think that you ought to tell them what, what God wants for us and the expectations that God has around this gift that God's given us. I think that's the conversation specifically that you need to have, right? And, um, and as a pastor and a fellow parent, what I want to do for the rest of our time is really open up the Bible and, and look at a passage that, that has some, some insights that I think are really helpful when we think about having the talk. When we talk about the talk, there's some good things to glean out of it. So if you would, uh, uh, and you brought your Bible, uh, or want to grab the one in the chair in front of you, open up to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Um, this is, uh, uh, it's, it's actually on page 145 in the Bible in your chair. Find it on your phone, however you want to do it. I encourage you to follow along. 
Um, and just to give you some context, because we're just going to drop down into the Bible, Deuteronomy is actually a, a moment where God is setting up his people for success as they transition into a new period in, 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 the, in, their, in their life, in their history. Uh, they are standing on a mountaintop looking over the promised land after waiting 40 years in a desert, and God has handed down his commandments, telling them, follow these commands, and I'm setting you up for success. Things are going to go well for you, right? That's what's happening in this passage. Sounds a lot like what we're trying to do with kids, right? Setting them up for success. So let me, let me go ahead and read this. I'm going to read verses 4 through 9. They say this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Okay, so the first thing that jumps out to me when I read this passage uh, about God's law, about God's commandments that he's wanting his people to get and to know is where God wants these commandments to be in their lives. And, and he begins this, and it's on their heart, right? It's actually not a conversation so much about rules. It begins being framed by uh, our hearts and our relationship with God, that it would be full of love. The first verse uh, is, love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart, right? And then when we get to verse 6, it continues on. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on what? Your walls? Written written on your walls, right? Next to a check chart? No, they're supposed to be written on our hearts. And the reason that that's interesting and fascinating to me is because when God first gave the Israelites these commands, they weren't written on people's hearts. He didn't force them to, to, to have this on their heart. That's not how God works. He wrote them on stone tablets. He gave them... In, in a covenant agreement uh, where, where he said, this is, this is what leads to life. This is what I want you to know. And it was written on stone tablets. That's how they heard it. It was read to them, and they heard it, right? And, uh, and it wasn't first in their hearts. So there has to be this movement for them to, to, to do what God's asking them to do, to get these things that are, uh, that are written on stone tablets into the flesh of their hearts. And so it begs the question, how, how do things written on stone get into our hearts where, where, where they're in, in a part of who we are. And, and the answer to that is uh, for that to happen, we have to believe that they're for our good, right? We actually, if we're given a law, we really have to believe in the lawgiver. We have to believe that the one who gives us the law loves us and wants our best because if we don't believe that, they're just going to be rules. They're just going to be things written in stone that'll feel cold and distant, and we won't believe them, right? Those, the, the, the rules at the pool that are written on the fence, right? Do not run, do not dive, right? Your kids don't believe them until they trust that it's actually going to keep them safe, right? And that's the movement that has to happen, that somebody wrote those to keep me safe. We've got to believe that God's commands are for our good. They have to be getting, gotten, they have to get, that was a terrible grammar, it has to get into our hearts, right? And, um, and I think that's a really, really good place to start here when we're talking about the talk, right? Because what these first verses remind us is that this is a heart conversation, right? If we're going to have this conversation, it's not first and primarily about rules and expectations 
It's about, it's, it's about uh, us trusting in God and knowing his goodness and the relationship that we have with our kids and beginning to believe that what's God said about sex and this gift of sex that he's given us is for our good. That's got to be the thing that happens in, in our lives, right? Uh, because if we don't get that right, right? If you go and you start to have this talk with your kids, especially if they're older, and you start laying down law, but you don't hit the heart, uh, that's not going to go well, right? That's going to be stone-cold rules, and, and in fact, it, it's probably going to backfire. Um, you, you, you can tell your daughter, you may not date until you're 16, right? But if that is just a, a, a rule on a stone tablet, man, uh, you know, you're going to find out when they're 14 that they've had six boyfriends, right? Like, that's how that, that's how that tends to go. And, and uh, there's a quote uh, that actually Nikki shared with me this week from a guy named Josh McDowell that I just think is good and helpful to keep in mind here. It says, rules without relationship equals rebellion. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. Hold that relationship tight. That, it's so important. Uh, and, and know this is a hard conversation, and that's where we need to start, okay? All right, second thing I, I notice in this passage is the word impress. So here are the commands. Uh, and it says, impress them on your children. Verse 6, impress them on your children. That's a strong word, impress. Uh, this is a really strong word, actually. According to Webster's, to impress something means to apply with pressure so as to imprint. What comes to my mind is like when my brother would get angry at me and grab my arm as, as, as hard as he could, and then you could see the, the imprint of him on my hand, right? Uh, it says, produce to produce a mark something such as a mark you know what comes to mind there is like a cattle brand right you you put that thing in the fire and there's the buttocks of one of my sons and right you know impress them on 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 your children right is that what the bible's saying actually uh not literally but with that force that's right and if you think that i'm being too strong about this if you actually look at this word impress in the hebrew uh, it translates to include, uh, not just impress, but it means to pierce or to cut into. So you're supposed to take God's commands and cut them into, right? Like, like that's strong language. Uh, and it's because these are important things. And, and it's even affirmed as strong as you kind of see where God goes next with it. Uh, and we see how we're supposed to impress God's commands on our kids. Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 8, say this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So how are we supposed to impress these commands on our children? I think the point that is being made here is this right? You're supposed to talk to your children about God's commands over and over, in every place, and in every way. That's really kind of the idea of all that stuff that's there, right? Because uh, what it's trying to do, firstly, is really paint a picture of all the things you can do in life, right? So you're, you're sitting at home, and you're talking about this. You're walking on the road, and you're talking about this. You're lying down in bed, and you're talking about this. You're getting up, and you're talking about this. When you think about it, what else can you do in life other than sit, walk, lie down, or get up? Only thing I could think of was run, 
and it's really hard to talk when you're running, right? So, so I think it's trying to paint a comprehensive picture, right? And when it talks about binding them on your foreheads and on your hands, the idea is that God's law is always right there in front of you. You're always thinking about it. And the things that you do, right, with your hands, God's law is a part of that. And then when it talks about uh, painting them on your door frames and painting them on and, and writing them on your gates, that's a way to say, like, when you leave your house out the gate, right, think about God's laws. Don't forget them. When you come back into your house through the doorway, right, Think about God's law. It's, it's this comprehensive picture where God is saying, in every way you can, in every way that you have a possibility to do this, talk to your kids about this. Impress them on your children. And from here, there are a couple of things that I find extremely helpful when we think about the talk that we're going to have with our kids uh, about sex. And, uh, and here's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, a lot of times when we think about the talk, it's like, this one moment and this single conversation that we need to have about this one particular thing. That is a part of it, but what I think that uh, this might help us do is realize that this isn't just one conversation. One, one, one conversation. It's really a series of conversations that need to happen over time in different ways at different ages and stages of life. And that's really the first thing I would say that I glean and think about the talk. The talk is a conversation that takes place over the different ages and stages of your child's life. I think that's even kind of how the scripture would inform us to think about the talk. And here's, uh, here's the good news. Uh, I don't think this is actually so hard. I think what I've discovered is that when you spend time with, with, as a family together, a lot of times these things come up very naturally and spontaneously, and, and, and these conversations can just kind of happen especially when they're little. Um, you know, uh, I bet many of y'all will relate to this, but I think with all, all of our kids, we first started this talk with them in the bathroom, like taking baths, like getting ready. Uh, we got to have uh, this conversation with them. With all three of my boys, they were taking baths, and they noticed that they had something, and they asked about it, right? And from there, we got to have that conversation, right? Got to explain to them uh, what, what it, you know, I'll use the proper word, what a penis was and, and that they had them. And um, I don't know what else to say right now. And, uh, and, and, and actually, what's, what's really interesting is that when these three boys got older and they started to have a little sister, they began to notice that they had uh, one of these things and their sister did not. And do you know, you know the question that they asked us? It was, Mom, Dad, when is Jordan going to grow a penis? <laughs> and that, that gave us the opportunity to have a conversation, right? To say, look, we were created male and female. God created us in this way, and we're different, right? And, uh, and we got to talk also then about how those parts were private and set some boundaries with them. And it, it was a very easy, natural way to start, right? And what, what I think happens is, man, if we're paying attention, it'll happen in the car or playing a sport or around the dinner table. Like, if we just take these opportunities, they'll be there, and they'll happen spontaneously. Even further along in these topics, like, for instance, a month ago, uh, we, uh, Shannon and I, uh, were kissing in the hallway on the lips. And uh, our kids noticed that, and were like, oh, gross, you know? And, uh, and then they were like, Dad, Mom, why do you get to kiss on the lips and we don't get to kiss you on the lips? And just some context here, in, in our family, we don't uh, kiss each other on the lips, only mommy and daddy. 
Maybe mainly because our kids are absolutely disgusting. <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> but because yeah, it's just it's just it, why, what we do in our family. And when we talk to them, we got to tell them like why that is and and what those boundaries are and why for us and our family. And I got to say, guys, this is this is what we want you to do about it, right? And it led to a very good natural conversation. And, 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 and I think that's how it can go. And let me, let me also say, I think as, you get, as the kids get older and you need to have this specific part of the talk, where babies come from, how they get there, right? I, I think that maybe that won't happen naturally. Like there's a chance that it won't or it'll happen in a place or a time you're not ready for, right? Like when you have friends over or companies over for dinner, right? Or there's other kids there and they're not ready to hear it. That definitely happened in our house a couple times. But if, if that's the case, I think all you have to do is just kind of intentionally, and that's what the Bible's talking about, be intentional about these things. Put them on your, your gates and your door frames and your hands and your head, right? Like uh, it, you create an intentional context so that it can happen naturally, so that it, it kind of flows out of it, right? And, uh, and just to share with you guys uh, in our house how that looked, my oldest, Jesse, is nine. And so he's right at the age that we, you know, we really thought we need to have the talk with him. And we've been talking about doing it for a couple of years, and we talked about me doing it. Mainly Shannon talked about me doing it. <laughs> and I hadn't been super proactive about it because I was so excited, right? And so she bought me this book, and she said, here, this, right? And what this is, it's really a book about puberty. Guys stuff, uh, guy stuff, the body book for boys, right? And it's a book about puberty. And so what Jesse and I did is we sat down and we read parts of this bit by bit. And we talked about like, uh, you know, his voice changing and how he was going to grow hair in new places and why we desperately needed him to start wearing deodorant, right? And, and at the end of the book, there's a part of it that really set up a conversation about, um, about sex well. And so when his his brothers and sisters were in another place. We went to a spot where uh, I realized we, we would probably not be disturbed. And, uh, and I had the talk with my son, that talk, right? I told him where babies come from. I shared with him how they got there. And uh, it took about 15 minutes, and, um, and I did it. Yay, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Woo, and I'm never doing it again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we had the talk, and I'll be honest, it was, it was kind of awkward. Like, Jesse didn't know a lot, which was great on some level. And, uh, and Jesse also laughed quite a bit because there's pictures in the book. And, uh, and it wasn't exactly what I hoped for. It wasn't how I pictured it. But I'll tell you what, it was good. Like, we opened up that channel of communication and started the conversation, and I'm pretty sure he got to hear his dad and his mom's heart first, right? And, um, and, and uh, that, that's, that's what I think you're aiming for. You're aiming to start this conversation. And really, remember, it's a conversation. It needs to happen at different ages and stages. And so it's not just that Jesse needs this now as he's nine. He needs us to talk to you about him when he's 12, because that'll be different. And when he's 15, right? And then he, 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 when he leaves home, that's also a conversation. And, and we've started that journey. And... Um, uh, one thing that I want to share with you guys is a resource to kind of help you 
uh, uh, with this conversation over time. We use here at Redeemer uh, something called the Orange Curriculum with, uh, in our children's and our students' ministry, and uh, it is great. And one of the things that Orange offers is something called the Parent Q app. Uh, it is an app you can download. There's so many resources on it. Uh, and through the app, um, and we actually are going to have copies of this in the back, uh, in the hallway, on the slat board if you'd like them, are actually, they're, they're really discussion guides for the talk at different ages and stages. And so uh, for uh, preschool and uh, grade school and middle school and high school, they have four different guides to help you have this conversation uh, with your kids. And, uh, and the one I used uh, for grade school was really helpful for Jesse, and I offer those to you. They're great. I think that they're, they're, they're very helpful and, and can, can be helpful for you. Okay, here's the next thing that I want to look at uh, from the scripture that, that I think is important to notice um, when we think about the talk. Don't be afraid to teach God's good commands with your kids and set clear expectations. Do not be afraid to teach them what God says, what the Bible says about sex, and set clear, good expectations. And why, why do I say that? Because that's ac- absolutely what the Bible is telling us to do here in the book of Deuteronomy, right? The, whose commands are these? They are, not, they are not our commands. They're God's commands, right? This is what the Bible says to our kids, and we, we, we share these with them for their good because God who made sex Helps helps us understand where it's where it needs to be and how it ought to be experienced in the best way and uh, and that's what I, I think we ought to share with our kids and um and 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 that's what we pass down and and maybe hearing that you know uh, you're like okay I get that David but I don't really feel equipped to to share this with 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 my kids and I some of us may say I don't even know exactly what the Bible says about sex right. And, and I've got a couple things to say. Um, I've had some people come up to me and say, David, I know we're going to talk about the talk. Could you come over to my house and have the talk with my kids? <laughs> and the answer is no way, right? Not going to happen, right? Uh, but here's what I'd say. Don't let your feeling of not being equipped become an excuse. Th- these are your kids. You want your voice, and you, you want to understand what the Bible says. So open up the Bible and, un- and, and do some work, like understand what, what, it, what it says and why about sex. And, uh, and, and you can do that. I, I can guide you. You really do want to understand these things for yourself. Secondly, uh, I'd like to pass on another resource to y'all that I think is really good and helpful. Um, uh, this is a book called The Talk, right? Good title for today. Seven Lessons to Introduce Your Child to Biblical Sexuality. And what, what this book does is it goes through seven key passages in the scripture that lay out uh, seven key ideas about sex. And, and let me just read them for you. One is an introduction for parents. Really helpful. Uh, lesson one, God made them male and female. Lesson two, go forth and multiply, both in Genesis. Lesson three, wonderfully made, Psalm 139. Uh, lesson four, the two shall become one flesh. Haven't read it? My guess is that's the talk, right? Uh, about sex. Lesson five, you shall not commit adultery. Lesson six, do not violate me. Lesson seven, bought with a price, right? And here are seven biblical lessons to pass down to our kids. And, uh, and I'll, I'm going to actually take my boys uh, and try to do more than one of them uh, and, and kind of read through this with, with my sons. 
and uh, and it's going to really help us because I think what it's going to do is it's going to create a, a a context for them to read this on their own, to engage what the Bible says on their own, and I can be there as a sounding board and trying to help direct them. And uh, and look, like I said, as I do this, this isn't going to be a lecture. It's going to be a heart conversation. This book provides us a way for us to have that heart conversation, and it's going to open up the channels of communication so that we can keep talking over time. And, and I will be clear, uh, Shannon and I will set boundaries with our children. My daughter will not be allowed to date any of your, 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 your sons, <laughs> ever. <laughs> no, no, we're going we're gonna to set boundaries with, with our kids. And, uh, and what, one of the things we're going to make sure we do is, is that they always understand why, that there's a why behind the what, right? Instead of saying, Jordan, you can't have boys in your room, especially with the door shut, we're going to say, Jordan, uh, you don't want boys in your room because they stink so badly and will kill you in a confined space, right? <laughs> no, we're going to say, if you leave that door shut, you're going to be tempted to cross boundaries that you shouldn't cross. And if that door is shut, you might have boundaries crossed on you that you don't want, you don't want crossed, right? And, and, and what, what I'll also do to the degree that it is appropriate is I'm going to share my own experiences with my kids. Right, I, I, as they navigate this stuff, I'm going to try to be as honest and vulnerable as it is appropriate, so that they can hear their dad's struggles with it, their dad's failings, their mom's, and and then I can also share with them why I believe and have experienced that God's way is better, right? That God's way is truly better, and share that that's that's what we want. We want health and life and goodness in this for them, and, and, and that's what I'm going to say. I, I pray that you will do this. I'm going to set a high bar. I'm going to challenge them to be holy. I'm going to ask them to do this and, and say, I hope that you will trust God in this. And then there's one other thing that I'm going to do that I think is really, really important. Um, it's this. I think every talk should end in this way. Let your kids know how much you love them, and you always will. In this, please let your kids know how much you love them and you always will on, on the back end of this conversation. And there was a, a question that I asked myself as I wrote this that I thought was really helpful as a reference point. Uh, think about this. How many of us in this room when it comes to sex have done exactly what our parents asked us to do? <laughs> how many of us when it comes to sex, did exactly what we wanted to do or we felt like we should do. It's a really helpful reference point, right? And, and I think the reason we've got to keep that in mind is because we're all, it's, it's the blind leading the blind here, man. We are broken parents leading kids who, who grow up in a world that's broken, right? Who themselves are, are in some ways broken. And we, we need them to experience the grace of God and they're going to experience that grace through us. And, and what, I, what, I, what I want them to know more than anything, whether or not they break my expectations or rules, is that no matter what they do in this, I'm going to love them, and I always will. And, and I hope your kids get that too. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for today and your grace and your mercy and your love and all the ways in which you speak life into our lives, Lord. I pray that we... Uh, Wherever we heard this this morning and whatever you're saying to us, that our hearts would be soft enough to hear it, 
Lord, that we would have the courage to act on it. And Lord, um, in all these things, you would lead us to goodness and life. Lord, because we know you love us. In these things, we, we pray in the powerful, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.